And good afternoon, good afternoon. I'm Lynn Tillum. I'm a lawyer. News Talk 910. You got legal problems? I'm a lawyer. I've got legal solutions. Pick up the phone and give me a call. The number to call, 866-536-1000. Any kind of legal problems you got, I'd love to hear from you. Really, we love the stories. I've got David Brown doing research Three to four. It's live. It's local. 866-536-1000. You can't beat the deal. And stick around. You love the stories, and we got some good ones coming for you. Let's start the show. Diane in San Jose. Len Tillum, Diane, why are you calling a lawyer? I'm calling you, Len, because my mother, about two weeks ago, was taking an antibiotic for a sore on her leg that wouldn't heal because she has diabetes, and she had a severe side effect, which was rupturing her Achilles tendon, Achilles tendon on her driving leg and giving her tendonitis on her left leg. You, you know, uh, that, I'm talking that, about foot. foot. Uh, uh, an Achilles tendon that's ruptured, I've seen people, usually women who play soccer, wind up with that injury, these soccer moms, and they're walking around with casts and crutches for three months. It's a terrible injury. It takes a long time to heal. How old is your mom? My mom is almost 85, and, and she cannot have surgery. We, that's the only way to fix this, but since she's got diabetes in her feet, it's too risky, and they will not do surgery on her. So she's going to be stuck in a brace for the rest of her life. Or a wheelchair, brace. yeah. Yeah. And, and how, how, um, what was the antibiotic she took? Cipro, C-I-P-R-O. Yeah, that's a really and, powerful antibiotic. Yeah, and I was also informed Levaquin is also another drug that can cause the same thing. Is she taking Levaquin also? No, no, no. She just took Cipro. But after we took her to the foot doctor, we come to find out that those two drugs are responsible for a class action lawsuit now for rupturing tendons, and it can be in other places of your body as well, not now, just your Achilles. Cipro is a very strong antibiotic, and, and the research David did, doctors give it to patients when, when other antibiotics don't work. Yes, and there is a known risk of ruptured tendons and other problems associated with Cipro. And um, she was never informed of any of this. And a doctor she is supposed to inform you. You're supposed to have informed consent when you make a decision. Now, I don't know. I, you say there's a class action lawsuit against Cipro on this also. That's what we were told by the foot doctor. He said he had done over 25 surgeries repairing um, the Achilles um, ruptures. And he said you should look online. There's class action lawsuits. So we you, you were should check that out. Is, and, and I can help you find some. Be part of a class action lawsuit, or is it better to be on your, you know, hire your own attorney? Well, sometimes with these class action lawsuits, a, a local attorney can't just do it. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to take on these mass cases. You've got to I fight see. these large, you know, whoever this big drug company that makes Cipro. They've got millions of dollars for their lawyers. There's discovery. So it's not something anybody can pick up. But this also maybe is medical malpractice because the doctors should have warned your mother about the side effects associated with the drugs they give her. Um, I'm not sure there is a case here. It depends on what the doctor did, why he did it, and whether or not there are any other alternatives, you know. And it turns out, David tells me, we looked it up on the Internet, FDA ordered the manufacturer to add a warning label on the package insert that comes with the drug and it's supposed to make it clear to doctors and to patients about potential serious problems. And it's the strongest warning the FDA requires. Did you get that warning or did your mom? 
She says, well, how many people actually read what they pull out of a book? Or how many times do you get these warnings from... I mean, had the doctor said to... She did not see it. Let's put it that way. She didn't know about it. She did not see it. Informed consent would have been the doctor says, look, this Cipro can blow out your Achilles tendon. Are you still willing to take it? I'm sure he didn't say that to her. No, he didn't say anything. He just prescribed it, and she went on her merry way. So we've got your name and your cell phone number. David, you gave that. And... What I'm going to do, if you wish, I'll show it to Jim Gagan. He does medical malpractice. He does high-end personal injury cases. He's been voted a super lawyer. Our offices work very closely. I've got a lawyer on my staff that works with him. We do cases together. He's a really great lawyer, does personal injury work and tries cases, has a great reputation. As I said, voted super lawyer many times. And um, I'll give it to him and have him take a look at it and have somebody from his staff give you a call. And that would be that a start. Be wonderful. Okay? Yep. That Thank you, great. Ryan. I just wanted people out there to know not to take that drug if yes. they have, you know, I mean, she never had any prior history of anything to do with her tendons. Yeah, what's going to be with more and more of these superbugs that come along, you know, that are spreading and, and they're resistant to these new antibiotics and the antibiotics keep getting stronger and stronger? It's a real problem. It yeah, certainly is. Scary. It's yes. scary because it took away her life and she won't be able to drive again and we have to get in-home care. And those are enormous damages. So this is potential for a really good case. You know, it it, it really is. But I'll have them give you a call. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, David. We should show Diane's case to Jim Gagan. Okay, we'll do that. Eight, six, six, five, three, six, one thousand. You got legal problems. I got legal answers. I wish you'd call it in. We wish you'd call it in right now. We love your stories. Lorraine in Sonoma. Len Tillum, Lorraine, how come you're calling a lawyer? I'm calling a lawyer because 13 years ago when my son lived in Santa Barbara, when he was going to college, he received two $100 tickets for drinking underage. He ignored the tickets. Wait, you mean like back in like 2001? Yes. How, how old is he now? He's 32. He'll be 33 in November. Okay. And he moved to New York 10 years ago. We live in Sonoma. And we keep getting these notices, and now he's receiving notices from the Franchise Tax Board sending threatening letters for payment that are due within 10 days. And how much do they want from him? $900. Okay. So my question for you is, is there a statute of limitations or this, or how can he get out of this, or well, does he just have to let's suck go, it up let, and pay it? Or? Well, let's go through it and, and as to what they can do to him to collect the money. There's no statute of limitations. Your son was convicted back in 2001. The money he owes is either a court fine of some sort or a court-ordered restitution. You follow me on that? He was convicted. It doesn't go away. So they can take the money out of your son's income tax refunds. They can even issue a bench warrant for his arrest. Um, He could wind up for speeding and wind up and get pulled over for speeding and wind up in jail. David, can they withhold your driver's license on this? I'm not yes. sure. Did yes, they say they can? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they can. Look, well, he doesn't have one because he lives in New York and takes the subway, so that's not a problem. I got news for you. With the computers now and interstate stuff, you know, this isn't child support. But if he goes and applies for a driver's license in New York City, this is going to come up. You understand? I mean, I had somebody call me that said Finland. He has a kid in Finland, and the California child support people are taking his money out of it, they're making him pay child support in Finland. The computers, the countries, the states are signing the, all these agreements. They're coming okay. after him. So he's got to pay this. 
It's just, okay. and it's going to keep getting worse. I, I mean, the under he got two underage drinking. What do you go to UC Santa Barbara, right? Yes. Yeah, those kids. My daughter went there. They drink a lot at that school. It's amazing. Yes, they do. I know. There's one store in downtown. What's the name of the town there? Um, I can't even downtown where the university is. It's not Santa Barbara. It's a uh, Oli- Yeah, I, I can't think either. I'm I know it, it, it's a really 60. dumpy town. <laughs> but there's one store you go into it that's got food and a giant wall. I mean, ten, fifteen feet high, filled with all kinds of alcohol. Golita, Golita, G O L E T A. Yeah, that's it. It yeah. comes back. Okay, so anyway, he's got to pay this. And he's got to pay the 900 bucks and shut up or it's going to haunt him forever. Or he may even wind up, for all you know, with computers nowadays. I mean, he does have a driver's license, right? No, he doesn't because he lives in New York, so he just let it, you know, expire and he never got another one. Someday he's going to want a driver's license. Yeah, because he, you know, uses subways. Nobody's got a car in New York. But I'm you saying know. someday he'll want, he's got to take care of this anyway. There are other okay. things they can do. Well, there's nothing he can do about it. You know, if he spits on the sidewalk in New York and a cop grabs him, for example, even if he's not driving, and the cop puts his name into a computer and it shows there's a bench warrant in California, it's a problem. How can you fight it? They found him guilty back in 2001. Pay the money. You can't go back into court and say it's unfair. It's too late. Over. Pay the money and shut up is what you should tell him, okay? I'll tell him that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Sounds like you'll enjoy telling him that. I mean, it's been, you know, and that's the other thing. You know, these 19, 18-year-old kids, 20 years old, they get a ticket for 100 bucks, and they shine it on, or they forget it, and it comes back to haunt them, and it keeps doubling, and now it's 900 bucks. You got legal problems. I got all kinds of legal answers. I'd love to hear from you. 866-536-1000. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. We love those stories. Len Tillum. News Talk 910. I'm a lawyer. You got legal problems? 866-536-1000. This is local radio, the Bay Area. I'm here till 4 o'clock. I've got open lines. Call it in. 866-536-1000. Matt in Campbell. Len Tiller. Matt, how come you're calling a lawyer? Hey, Len. Thanks for having me on. I love your show. Thank you. Uh, what happened is uh, I've got a rental property here in the South Bay that uh, I've rented to the same couple for a little over a year, just signed them to a new lease in January. Apparently they went on vacation in early March, and the gentleman got drunk and beat the hell out of his girlfriend. His um, girlfriend or his wife? I, I think, uh, I don't know, to be honest. They have different last names, so I was assuming girlfriend, but I guess they could be married. And are they both on the lease? They are both on the lease. She actually rented it from me, and then, you know, when it came time to move in, I said, oh, there's both of them, so I put them both on the lease. Okay, he signed, and you signed, and she signed. All right, what's going on? Well, he has now been convicted and is incarcerated um, with an expected release date, according to the website, of sometime in uh, May, and she wants to be gone out of the house and disappeared. Now, is it okay with you if she breaks the lease? It's completely okay. She's been a wonderful tenant. I'm sorry to lose her, but I totally understand, and it's okay with me. Okay, you're a good guy and a good landlord. So what's the concern? I'm not sure I understand the problem. Well, if they're both on the lease and he's incarcerated, I don't want him to get out and then come back to the house where there's somebody else living and go, hey, I live here. I've got a lease. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so let's go through it. Don't worry about it. The wife is leaving, and she could use it. Give her her deposit back when she leaves, right? You know, oh, yeah, the house yeah, you're a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give her the deposit back. You'll get another tenant. You're a good guy. Change the locks and don't let the husband write you a rent check. Rent check. 
the wife is probably getting a restraining order, and that order can prohibit him from visiting your property as well. You know, I'm sure it does, at least as long as it's her residence. And he couldn't afford the rent by himself anyway. So she left. He's in jail. Nobody was paying the rent. She surrendered the apartment or the house. And you'll have it rented out before he's there. But if he's got a key, change the lock so your new tenants don't get freaked out when this weirdo shows up in the middle of the night or something. Do I need to have him served with anything saying, don't come back to this house? No. No, you don't. No? No, you okay. really don't. You, you absolutely don't. really don't. And why is he going to show up? She'll be gone. And the restraining order, I'm sure, says he has to stay away from that house. Ask her. Is she in the house right now? She is. She's preparing to move her thing. Okay. Ask her for a copy of the restraining order. Now, the restraining order may say, let's say her name is Harriet. It may say he shall stay away from any residence Harriet has. Or if your address is 456 Main Street in Campbell, it probably says, and he shall not come within 100 yards of 456 Main Street in Campbell. So you take okay. a copy of that. He's restrained. And by the way, he'll probably be as thankful as the wife, you know, for you ending the lease. He's in jail. He ain't got a job. He's a low life, probably with a drinking problem. So how's he going to make the rent anyway? You're doing him a favor. I just wanted to, to make sure that he didn't pop over when I've got new tenants there. Well, that's why I would change the locks. That'll yeah. cost you 50 okay. bucks. You know, just have the, the, the lock rekeyed. You know what I mean? The new tumblers yeah, or something. Yeah, I'll do that. All right? Hey, and on a, on a side note, yeah. you helped me out with a lawsuit where a car, car wash had damaged my car a few months ago. I won that. I got paid. I got my car fixed. How much did you get in small claims court? Uh, f- uh, 1400 bucks. Well done. Good for you. You played lawyer. There you go, Matt. Congratulations. Yeah, it worked just like you said it would. And did they pay up? You collected? They did. They sent the check. It took a, it took a letter or two to get them to send the check, but they did send it. So here's a question. What happened? How'd they screw up your car in the car wash? Uh, nobody's really admitted to it, but, I mean, the back of the there was six scratches across the back of the car. Right. And when you said, hey, what's this? They said, we don't know nothing, right? They said, we don't know nothing. I, we, did, we didn't do it. Drop dead, yeah. But you showed them. Good for you, Matt. Congratulations. Thanks, Len. I appreciate all your hard work. All right. Ron in Sacramento. Len Tillum, Ron, how come you're calling a lawyer? Yeah, Len, uh, yeah, back in March of 2012, I was fired from a job as a checker at a grocery store. Uh, I was accused of theft. Uh, when I applied for unemployment, the store tried to stop that, had a hearing at the EDD, and they ruled that the video the store had did not show me stealing anything. So you the got your unemployment. You got your unemployment. And uh, all of a sudden, they just dropped the case now, in September. I'm sorry. I interrupted you, and I apologize. They fired you because they said there was a video of you giving money to a customer, right? You were a cashier, what, at a supermarket? Yes. And then at the unemployment hearing, and, and a lot of times the boss says, you know, the employee was fired for cause. But if you take a hearing, you win it. So you won the hearing, right? Right. Okay, I got you so far. You're getting unemployment. You don't have your job back. Why are you calling me? Who do you want to sue? They uh, want to take and uh, sue the union because apparently the statute of limitations is gone as far as the story goes. What are you going to sue the union for? Not representing me. They were supposed to get my job back, and they didn't do it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, The fact that an administrative law judge, that's what you had at the unemployment office, you had a hearing in front of an administrative law judge, says you weren't fired for cause does not mean you were wrongfully terminated. Doesn't mean that you were wrongfully terminated um, or you were not wrongfully. Anyway, if you sued the union, you would have to prove that they failed to adequately represent you. And that means 
you have to prove that they had had they adequately represented you, you would have won your case against the boss. And there was no way you were getting that job back from your boss. You know, it's like proving a malpractice case against a lawyer. If you lose a case with a lawyer and you sue for malpractice, you have to not only prove that the lawyer screwed up, but if the lawyer didn't screw up, you would have won your case. So okay, so and what if you're there's any, is, uh, is, it's a lost cause. It's a lost cause, and if there's any way that you can interpret the videotape that says you stole out of the till, you'd lose. What I would do is go back to the union, don't burn your bridges, and say, "Look, you didn't represent me so well. I shouldn't. I got my unemployment. Go get me another job, and maybe the union will get you into another supermarket." Okay. Oh, okay. We'll give that a shot. That's much better than suing the union. That's for sure. Got it. Okay, well, thanks a lot, then. Anytime. You got legal problems? I've got legal answer. This guy, our next caller, did a favor for his friend who now hung him out to dry. I mean, you help him, you lend him money, give him cash, and he screws you. That's why lawyers make a living, because people, things like this happen. We got stories coming up and lots more. You want to talk to me? I'd love to hear from you. 866-536-1000. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. I'm a lawyer. 866-536-1000. You got problems? I got answers. Call it in. Hey, Tony in San Jose. Len Tillum, Tony, why are you calling a lawyer? Oh, love your show, by the way. Thank uh, you. I'm a lawyer because a friend of mine hired me to do some contracting work for him, but I'm not a contractor. And all this stuff was cash under the table. And uh, basically, I remodeled inside of his house with my friends of mine who were contractors or are contractors. Mm-hmm. And he paid them cash. Now, he still owes me about $6,000. He already moved back into the house, and, and he keeps telling me that he doesn't have any money. You can't get blood out of a turnip. So no, no, wait, 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 wait. What if you, you don't have a contractor's license, and he had contractors there, what did you do for him? Uh, basically, I babysit at the laborers and do, like, finished plumbing and stuff like that for him. So, so you kind of supervise the job. You like the general contractor there, you know, supervise the job. And he agreed right. to what? Pay you by the hour, by a percentage? How do, how are you getting paid? By the hour, fifty dollars an hour. Okay. And how much has he paid you so far? He paid me about forty five hundred dollars. So. And how much does he owe you? Oh, uh, probably like sixty five hundred. And has he paid all the other workers? Yes, he has. I made oh. sure of that. Okay. So this fifty five hundred he owes you. Did you call him up and say, "Hey, where's my money"? Yes, I did. I've been calling him up since uh, January. I've been talking to him. Go by his house. Hey, you have any money? Don't have any money. Don't have any money. Can't get blood out of a turnip. Okay. Like, okay. Are you happy with the work? Yes. He has no complaints. Nothing. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to pay me because I don't think he feels like he should. Because because legally, no see, you're not a licensed contractor, right? No, I'm not. You should go get your license. It's not that hard. You take a test. You get a license. If you're not a licensed contractor. You do not have to write. You do not have the right to sue on any contract for construction over five hundred bucks. In other words, you're like a handyman. It doesn't matter how much work you did or how your ex friend decided to rip you off. You get nothing. You can't even sue him for the value of the work you did, the services you rendered. You know, instead of saying, "Look, we had a contract or something." Uh, and oh, so okay. you're screwed. You can't sue them because you're not a licensed contractor. Uh, what do you do for a living? I'm a turbine inspector. Have you worked in construction? How old are you? I'm 50. You worked in construction a long time, right? All my life, yeah. It's not that hard an exam. You can take a course online. 
all of you out there working under the table, you fill out some applications, you pay a few fees, and it's a test you can take a class for. If you became a licensed contractor, you could put a lien on that sucker's house. You could sue him. You got so much more power. So it's time for you to become a licensed contractor. Look into yes, it. Yes, I think so. But anybody's listening, don't do any favors for your friends because they'll never pay you. Yeah, it, it's not. That's. I would phrase it this way. You know, instead of when you say, "What did you learn?" Don't do any favors for your friends. I don't know. What I would say is, you can do favors for your friends, but as you do the work, get paid weekly. Don't let a big bill total up. Oh, I'll pay you later. Guy stops paying, stop the job. You know. Okay. All right. All right well, thank, thank you very much, sir. Good luck to you. Thank you. All of you out there, you know, it's not that hard to get a contractor's license. I, I, really, I know some big dummies who are contractors who got licenses. And if they can do it, trust me, you can do it. I can tell right now. Bob in Walnut yes. Creek. Len Tillon, KGO. Oh, God, where'd that come from? KKSF Bond. <laughs> where the hell did God out of my subconscious here? Why are you calling a lawyer? Let's start over. Hello, Bob. How come you're calling a lawyer? <laughs> that was good. Um, well, we've actually spoken in the past, but it's the ever-ongoing trust problems. And uh, my father passed away about a week ago, this last Friday. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering about when there's a change in the trust. My brother is a co-trustee along with my mother, who's still alive. Mm -hmm. it, if there is a change in the trust, is there not supposed to be an accounting to the beneficiaries? And does that constitute a change? With well, your mother's still alive. Correct. So without looking at the trust, I would guess that all the trust, you know, husband and wife do these I love you trusts. We do them all the time. One of us yeah. dies, it goes to the other. And how much is their estate? Oh, four to $500,000. So I guarantee it's not an AB trust where you have to split it in half and one is irrevocable. Your parents have what I call an I love you trust. Your father said I love you to his mother. She said it to him. One of us dies, it all goes to the other. So, um, which means nobody gets an accounting. But what else it means is your mother can change the trust. So right now, you don't have any standing to do anything. And it sounds right. like you don't trust your brother. He's a bit of a slime bag, right? Uh, big bit. Yeah. Big slime bag. You know, he'll, and you know he's going to rob you blind after your mother dies right right so get your mother instead you can't go to court and force the court your brother to provide you an accounting and that would cost a lot of money after your mother dies um why don't you ask your mother to make you a co-trustee with your brother after she's gone okay then you'll be standing in her shoes and you know you follow me or even let her make you the trustee right now instead of her then you could demand an accounting Okay, so so in that line of thinking, if if I went to her, her memory is uh, shot. Although she knows everybody. Wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about this. Okay. Okay. You, you, I have to explain to you, and we do this all the time. What's called testamentary capacity. Testamentary capacity doesn't mean you have to know that uh, the conservatives CPAC had a conference this weekend. You know, you don't have to know, you know, what Obama's doing. You don't have to know Michelle Obama has beautiful arms. You don't have to know any of that. You know who's president. What you got to know is you're my kids and, and where you are. So when you walk into a room, your mother says, hello, Bob, right? Yes. Okay, that's test. She knows what she's got. And even... If she forgets five minutes later that you were in the room, it doesn't matter. If she knows what's going on when she says it, 
That's enough testamentary capacity. So, and if your mother, God forbid, loses it all, then the trust as it exists makes your brother the sole trustee. So what you need to get your mother to do is make you a co-trustee with your brother. Where does your mother live? In town, with, the, with where I am. She lives in her house. And does your brother live with her? No, no. Uh, does she no. trust you? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. So, and a lawyer did the trust? Right. Take her to the lawyer who did the trust. Don't go yes. pick your own lawyer. Take her to that lawyer and explain, Mom, you know, I'd like to be trustee with my brother. It'll be much fairer. It'll be much easier. And then once you're a co-trustee with him, he can't screw you. He's got to, you know, you could call me and we could take care of him. You probably won't have yeah. to. So if, if now I suppose he could contest that. On no. The, no, 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 no. Let me explain. First of all, you said there's about $500,000 in the estate. Yeah, right. It ain't worth contesting. And yeah. that's why I said go to your mother's. Well, first of all, anybody can contest anything. I could sue you. You could sue me. I mean, he can contest, but he ain't going to win. If you take mom into a room and you say, mom, sign this, and the thing your mom signs makes you a co-trustee, you know, you amend the trust and you typed it out and she signs it, that's called undue influence, coercion. He could contest that. Sure. But if you take her to her lawyer... Mm-hmm. who doesn't, you know, he's not getting anything. It's his job just to do what your mother wants. Her lawyer, and the lawyer will talk to both of you, and then he'll ask you to step out of the room. And if mom says to the lawyer, I don't, you know, I want, how many kids does your mother have? Two? There's three of us. Okay. And she's dividing everything three ways? Correct. See, you're not changing that you get half. You're only getting a third. And mom makes you with her lawyer a co-trustee. Who's going to complain? And if he complains, it's not going to go anywhere. Go to her lawyer. Don't pick your lawyer out. If you, let's say you would have come to me with her, it would look not kosher. You you follow me? Because you picked a lawyer, but this is a lawyer who's known her for years. You go there, you know, you take her, you say, mom, I'll pay for it. You're allowed to pay for it. Yeah. Your your mother makes you a co-trustee with your brother. Your problems are over. They are. Okay. You're fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much. Easy peasy. Let's now say hello to Doug. Hey, Doug in Hayward. Len, tell him, Doug, what are you calling a lawyer for? Well, Len, I'm having a problem with a, a, some neighbors that are, are harassing us with their dogs. For uh, example? Well, they, they live above us, and uh, we live across the street from them, and I own two properties there. And one is a, a, a very large property that I've been, uh, I've planted 30 trees on and have been turning it into a bird sanctuary. We got it from the Wilderness Society. And the other property was my dad's house, and he passed away a few years ago. We moved in two and a half years ago, and I guess that they had been running their dogs, uh, you know, down on this other property, down into the canyon. And unbeknownst to my dad, he was elderly, and uh, he didn't really, you know, wasn't all that in sync. They haven't lived there for that long. The other people, maybe five, six, seven years. How did you stop the dogs from going on the property, Doug? They we they didn't they just went and I guess they well I'm finding this out because they, now wait a minute are the dogs still going on the property? No, but they're turning them out and just barking at us and harassing us and saying that everybody hates. We don't even know these people. I've never had a conversation. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What do you mean they're turning them out and barking at you? Explain what's going and, on. And and in a, in a across the street on the on his property, he has a cyclone fence and he turns his dogs out in the front yard and encourages them to bark at us and everything else just to make a big. Stink. So he's keeping he's keeping the dogs in his yard. 
he's keeping the dogs in his yard, but he's instructing them to bark. They, they, they bark at everything. He, he just lets them. In. He says, good dog for barking, and, and it's just ridiculous. And then this other neighbor that lives on the other side of my open field, she goes over there, and they stand, and they say things like, like you know, you're, because we've been keeping a log now for a couple of weeks, and we've been filming the dogs barking. We did, when they come out, when he, says, when he stops them, we don't film anymore. We don't film him. What does the it. other neighbor do? Uh, she stands there, and she says, everybody hates you. You know, this was a great place till you moved in. I've never even, I don't know her name even. And that, you got you know, crazies over there. You're dealing with yeah. crazy people. That's one of the problems here. So yeah. he, you're asking me what you can do about them, right? Exactly. You know, they, uh, we've got, we've already filled up one legal binder uh, of, of yellow, uh, a, a legal pad with keeping a log, and we've been, you know, got oh, probably a half hour of footage of him, but, you know, it's getting scary because he gets so pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what you can do. Let, let me tell you what a lawyer can do, and this is not a great solution. Okay. You could sue him for nuisance. You know, then the barking is the noise. You'd have to collect evidence and the harassment where this woman comes and curses at you. You could sue her for civil harassment. You could get a restraining order. These are like hate crimes. Is she yeah. doing this for racial or religious reasons? Like, are you a black person? She's white or something like that. Are you Chinese? What? I mean, any? Are you a no, white? No, it's it's mystifying. It's inexplicable to us. I, I guess they're just pissed off that they can't run their dogs on my property anymore. I've got. All Can you just property. ignore them? Because you're dealing with crazy people, and if they were normal, they wouldn't behave this way. So you take them to court for restraining orders. I'm telling you, they'll key your car in the middle of the night. Well, yeah, but here's another thing. My wife just had surgery for cancer, and she's going to be off work for, luckily she's going to be okay, but she's going to be off work for a couple, three months. She's sleeping like 15 hours a day, and they're just making it. Have you spoken to them? Have you spoken to them? They know, they know, yes, I've written them along, I've written them two letters that I've had notarized, so that, you know. The notary doesn't count, don't get it certified, it doesn't matter. Did you send them a letter? The date was real. Yeah, I've sent them two, and they ignore it. Detailed. Well, he, yeah, he, he, he just, it's, it's just, you know. What about calling animal control? Did you try that? The thing of it is, this guy is not working. He he watches the street. He turns his dogs out to bark at everybody that walks up the street. So if animal control came, he would just put him in the back, and there wouldn't be any. That's why. Or do you have other neighbors who are made berserk by this guy and what he's doing? Well, yeah, the guy next door has moved out. He moved to to, to Trinity Alps to pursue his retirement. I mean, the guy next door sold, or he was a tenant. Uh, well, he he owned it. His son is living in it now. Is it making the friend crazy? Oh, well, I'm saying I'm yeah. looking for other people to go to court with you. Look, I see. Well, I could probably uh, get that done. I mean, does, does we have a lot of footage of the dogs barking? So you can, you can, out. you can take them to court for nuisance and okay. sue him for up to ten thousand dollars in small claims court. You've got the evidence, and the woman who yeah. curses you and says everybody hates you. There's a civil harassment restraining order, and, and the courts have a clinic that'll help you fill out those papers. You don't even need a lawyer for it. Oh, that's good to know. Call up. What county are you in? Uh, Alameda. You call up in Alameda County. See who can help you with civil harassment if they help that. I know they do it for domestic violence. I think they may even help you with this. Has she ever threatened you? Uh, not specifically, but it just goes on and on saying, you know, that... that uh, all this trash talk. Sometimes you wish, you know, don't you wish you were Tony Soprano sometimes? I know you're not. No, 
I yeah, mean, I, I, I mean you, you must lay there at night thinking you'd like to hit this guy in the head with a baseball bat a few times. You know? <laughs> Pretty much, but I, we, I, you know, your we wife is sick. Speaking to them, yeah. what? We, we just we, we don't we don't answer back. You know, I I, I understand. So look. I would go across the street, if you can, and talk to him and say, look, my wife just had cancer surgery. Can you keep the dogs down? I mean, just... Can I, can I send, her a, uh, send him a letter? Because it's... You could send him a letter. You don't have to notarize it. Just send him a letter okay. and send her a letter. Short, simple. Don't threaten anything. Just say, my wife right. just had cancer surgery. And I, I don't understand why you hate me so much. You know, by the way, did you fence that other piece of property? How do you keep the dogs out for the bird sanctuary? Uh, it's fenced, and and they they uh, uh, they just went around it, you know. Um, and, but I, you know, I've been planting trees and and put shrubs up so that they can no longer do that. Okay, I, good I for you. I'm glad you did that. Uh, All right, so you can try talking to them if it's safe for you to do it. If that doesn't work, you can sue them in in small claims court for nuisance, and you document sue for ten grand. That'll get his attention. And maybe sue her for nuisance or civil harassment also. And call the Alameda County. In Alameda County, they have a domestic violence unit to help you fill out okay. papers. See if they'll help with civil harassment or they can help you with this. One last question. How, how big of a log and footage do you think I need? You got, got enough. You got enough. Okay. You got enough. All right? Okay, okay thanks, Lynn. Good luck to you, though. Doug, when you get thanks. the court papers, if you call me back, I'll help you fill them out on the air. Great. Thank you. Stick around. We got more. Good show today. Len Tillum, News Talk 910.